Information is the most powerful thing you will ever get. Uh, I, I think that we all have greatness in us. And I think that most people don't know how to be an advocate for their life. You're listening to the Almond Gunner Experience Podcast, powered by Astoria. Now here's your host, Greg Dorsey. Oh man, here we go, coach. It's the Almond Gunner Experience. Yes. Every day is game day. And uh, man, I'm so, so grateful to be in the studio with you in 89 today. It's nasty. always good. It's nasty out there. It's, it's dark. It's rainy. It's a little bit drizzly out. And honestly, if it were up to me, I'd say, let's take it outside because I don't mind it. Exactly, exactly. You know what? I mean, I, I like days like this, though, man. I mean, these are good days to kind of sit back and reflect. They're great days to sit down and, you know, curl up to a nice book or write some stuff down. So I love days like this. You know, it's my kind of day. These are days you get ahead. The, the air's a little thicker. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of humidity. Oh. It's a little heavier. You like, got you you feel it. You yes. feel the atmosphere. Oh, you can cut it with a knife. Like these are my kind of days because they remind you that you're alive. Trust me, because <laughs> you're trying to struggle to breathe and and and, uh, and just keep moving with all this humidity. And uh, but I love training in this. Do you like where the air is thicker or thinner? Like I like, like you know how some people go yeah, up yeah, in yeah. the mountains you and know, they'll train. For and... me, I, for me, I like it thicker just because you know being raised in Florida with all the humidity and, and you know I've just learned how to train in this. Um, so for me, it's, you know, give me the thick air, baby. Anytime. Now I know you, uh, when you were, um, running for the U S, um, you went up, you went to Sweden. Yep. You were up North at different times, experiencing different atmospheres and different environments. Yes. What do you think of what are are the feelings that kind of uh, come back to you when you're, when you look back at those, those moments of either training or competing? For me, it's it's so funny because um, I have distinct memories of each place that I went. You know, like when you you know you're in Sweden, the country is so beautiful, and there's different things uh, going on, and and there's summer that they call summer as we're like, no, this is our wake up temperature. Um, so so you running is, is a little bit different. You know, you have to make all these adjustments, right? You have to wear more clothes. I mean, for me, just to warm up. Um, you know, when you're down in Mexico. Uh, that's a little that's a little different you know the air there is a little bit different so you know for each country that I went to there's always some memories where you you kind of pull up and go you're still not like running at home you know when you're in the U.S. and you're running at home you kind of have that figured out but the east coast is way, way different than the west coast you know running on the west coast no humidity uh, I like to sweat and when you get over there with the dry, you know, the dry heat, I'm like, no, no. I so so I love it on the East Coast. If I can run on the East Coast, that's where I want to be. Is that where you got your best? Is that where you enjoyed it the most, or was that where you got your best um, results? Well, it's funny because I, I actually was such a consistent runner. I pretty much could run the same times no matter where I was, um, because actually, you know, one of my fastest times was in Sweden. Um, but I, but it's just the familiarity of, of knowing how to train, you know, on the East coast and, uh, and knowing that you're going to get those afternoon showers during the summer months. And, and then it's going to, the air is really going to get thick. So, you know, get some early training in, but then go out and get some, some second training in, in the, in the thick air. Um, so I just favor the East coast. That's all. Yeah. You know, I think about, um, you know, where you, you live in a certain area, mm-hmm. uh, you have certain conditions, there's um, opportunity that presents itself and you have access. And so you 
have an opportunity. You can step in and, and either train and get better. Um, you can follow someone else's lead. You can go work with a certain team. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everybody has the same opportunity and the same information and access and moment that you have. So um, it's almost like pay attention to that for yourself. Oh, no doubt. But then also um, just recognize how fortunate you are, right? Yeah, but it also goes back to, you know, we talk about information on this show. It's about no matter where you are, I think you should always be trying to get the best information to help you improve. So when it comes to training, you know, when you're on the West Coast, listen, you're talking to the people who train on the West Coast. You know, what are the things that you do? What are some of the things that help you? Uh, One of the things that you learn right away is when you get out into, you know, where where the, the air is dry, man, drink lots of water. I mean, you, you learn that right away. I mean, if you don't, man, it is not good. So for me, it just goes back to, you know, getting the right information um, and trying to prepare the best you can to get the results that you want. Um, the East Coast, again, you know, I always say, you know, when you look at um, outdoor sports, I like, you know, our East Coast guys, we know how to deal with all this humidity. I mean, you know, so we're pretty good athletes. When it comes to outdoor sports, you know, baseball, football, um, those types of things, just because, you know, we're training in this humidity all the time. So today's topic, this week's topic is character. And on the show with the Almond Gunner Experience, we talk a lot about uh, freedom. Yes. We, we talk about sharing information. We talk about progress. We talk about communication. And um, and, I, and something you, you mentioned there is to get the results you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To 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 chase your dreams, right? right. To, to go after what you want, and and today the the word character. First of all, let's let's define that. Let's talk a little bit about what character means. And I've heard you define character as is yeah. doing what you say you would do. Yeah, pe- people that 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 do the things that they say they would do. You know, it's whatever they sign up for. They're going to show up for. Um, to me, that's a personal character. If I tell someone I'm going to be there at 5, I'm there at 5. If I tell someone I'm going to have a report done, I'm going to get the report done. Uh, because at the end of the day, all you have is your word. And so people with strong character not only use their words, but they use their actions to back it up. And you never have to guess which side they're on. Uh, I, when, I, when I think about people with character, I think about people who treat people right, but they don't treat everyone the same. It's people that do the right thing. That's why it's always good. So you can do a lot of good things, but they're not right. And so people of character just have this way of just staying on the side of right. I'm going to do what's right. It may be uncomfortable. Um, it may rub some people the wrong way, but it's the right thing to do. So that, that we, we know it's going to be good. So it, it, it's a, it sounds like excuses are easy. Like we can, we can use good as an excuse. Yes, yes. Well, and again, like I said, you can do some good things, right? But they're not right. And so the excuse becomes, well, well, but I, but I tried to help, but it was good. Yeah, but it wasn't right. It wasn't the right thing to do. And I think that people of character live their lives to where, you know what? They're focused on right. What's the right thing to do here? Not for me, but for everyone. You know, you've heard me say many times that, Equality, you can't say that you want equality for everyone, but still try to maintain some type of advantage for yourself. So when I think of people of character, they don't roll that way. They don't try to get some type of advantage for themselves. 
They just simply do what they say they're going to do. They do what's right. They show up. You know they're there. You know what their intentions are. And they walk the talk every single day. Well, and I think we, we have to look in the mirror and, and be able to ask the honest question of what is the result we really want. Right. Okay, if we do what, do what we want to say or do what we say we want to do, what do we want to do? And asking that question. And I think you have to be willing to ask that question in a comprehensive way where it's not just about you, right? Right. And, and we, you know, we talk about your, your purpose. When you look at the reason why you're on this earth, you got to be willing to say it's either all about me or it's not all about me. Exactly. Well, because there's always a ripple effect, right? So whatever I'm dreaming about, if I make it just about me, there's still some ripple effect. There's still going to be some someone affected by the decisions that you're making. So when I ask the question of, you know, what are my goals and how important they are, right, to me, there's a follow-up question. And the follow-up question has to always be, what are you willing to give up? Because you're going to have to give something up. It goes back to, again, we, we've had some shows where we talk about who are you willing to sacrifice? See, because if you're willing to sacrifice someone other than yourself, you're not doing what's right. You may be doing what's good, good for you, but it's not right. And I don't know how many times you hear this, but in corporate America, I hear a lot of, we want to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. right? And said in different ways. Right. Right. So a mission statement might claim something or, mm-hmm. or an ad might claim something. Okay. But do what you say you're going to do, okay, right? So either do it or don't say it. So what I do a lot of times is when I go into universities or schools or even corporations, I'll ask to look at their mission statements, right? And we'll read the mission statements out loud, and then you ask the follow-up question. Are you, are you living your mission statement? You either are or you aren't. Now, if you're not living your mission statement, ask yourself the question, why not? And are we capable of doing it? And if we're not capable of doing it, change the mission statement. See, because organizations are made up of people, right? So it's all about the integrity of the people, doing what you say that you're going to do. When we talk about um, we want to make the world different, well, the we starts with you. It starts with, you know, your effort. What are you doing? Are you playing your part? Are you really giving all of you for what's right? And if you can't answer that with yes, I am, you have to evaluate, ask yourself why. So, so the, US, the USA, the United States of America, has a mission statement, mm-hmm. right? And it has documents. Yes. It has the Declaration of Independence. Yes. It has the Constitution. It has the preamble. It has the amendments. All right. We've got plenty of mission statements right. out there. Okay, and uh, so as a representative of the United States, you had the USA, you had the red, white, and blue. You're running for our country in right. other countries, representing right. our nation. Right. So um, when you look at that, and you, and you look at maybe other countries, right, mm-hmm. who may also have a mission statement, mm-hmm. what is the level of accountability and the expectation that you have for those who represent the nation and and those who claim to be a representative of those mission statements for me what's so funny is when i when i go back and think about you know running abroad and representing 350 million americans 
because that's really what you're doing when you're when you're running and you have this USA thing, you know, and you're, and you're representing the nation. For me, it was important to understand that everyone's looking at me and my behavior and what I did was going to be a direct reflection of what they thought of America. I had an opportunity to change people's opinion about what they thought the United States of America was. So, you know, you, you t for me, that was personal. For me, going over and doing what I say I would do, you know, my, my standard was this. I'm going to go over and do the right thing at the right time for the right reasons. And that's to be the best person that I could be. Not only on the athletic field, but person, to be an ambassador, to be a servant. Because at the end of the day, individually, we are the country. It's like working for an organization, right? You know, we have the Home and Gunner experience, and we have a story of two organizations. But we are that organization. People do business with Home and Gunner experience. I mean, no matter who they're talking to, whether they're talking to 89 or what, well, 89 is Home and Gunner experience. He is a story of. And I think people need to understand that you are the country. You are the brand. So what you do reflects on how people think about the country. So if you are in a leadership role and you're not leading, then people think we have a country with no leadership. I mean, this isn't hard. This is psychology 101. We all have a part to play, and we either play it or we don't. You can't keep saying we're all in it together, but deep down inside you know we're not. And, and I think what you're pointing out here is, is having a voice, recognizing your voice, recognizing that you're a part of the human race, and, and personally taking that personal, owning who you are as a human being, but recognizing that I accept that there are people that want to associate with me. There are other people that want to be on my team, and I accept that I can represent and be a reflection of the values that may or may not be exemplified, may not be shown in what they're claiming, right? So I'm going to accept that. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on my shoulders and be accountable to that. Well, because you have to own that, right? You have to own the ability to have hard talks. Everybody is not going to agree with you or what you do. But you got to be willing to own that you can have that hard conversation and come to some type of resolve. You can't keep running away from the hard conversation. You can't keep asking the oppressor to water down who he is to make the, you know, the person that's doing the oppressing comfortable. That makes no sense. I'm the oppressed, but I got to make the oppressor comfortable? Psychology 101. At the end of the day, we all have a part to play. And my job isn't to, to make you comfortable. My job is to be able to have an honest talk with you about who I am and where I stand, what my principles are, what my values are. That's part of having a strong character. And somewhere in there, you have to recognize that we're all humans. We all have skin in this game. And those aren't just words. You can't just keep mouthing words. And sooner or later, you're going to have to walk this talk. This revolution's real, and it's coming. And there are no, no peaceful revolutions. And we're seeing that. Well, so this week, um, we see a person of authority wearing a uniform, putting his knee on another man's neck, another human being's neck, mm -hmm. right? 
um, another American, right? Um, and um, what we do see is uh, a whole myriad of reactions, but there is really one right reaction. Uh, it, it's either right or wrong. And, and when you see that, when you recognize that, and you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to act like that's not me, or I'm going to act like that is me. That, to me, that's, that's the, you either right. got to look in the mirror and say, right. George Floyd is me, or George Floyd is not me. Right. And you got to make a decision at that point. And, and I can't make a judgment on how one other person can respond. I can, I can make I can say what I think they should right. or shouldn't do or should right. say or shouldn't say. But for me, I know what I can do. Right. And I know who I am. Right. Right. And so I think those are the things where we do have to be willing to look in the mirror and say, do I claim to be kind? Do I claim to be loving? Do I really claim to want to make the world a better place? Or, or do I even want, let's say I don't even want to say I want to make the world a better place. I just want the, be, the world to be a better place. Okay. Well, what world do you want to live in? What do you want out of what you just want to take at that point? Are you just going to be a taker? Because what what are we doing then? What you know, for me, I just look at it, let's say, all right. Let's ask the honest question. Let's just be real with ourselves. Well, we have to, right? So so we're talking about character today and the importance of character, right? Um as a person of color, you know, you and I, we go back and forth and I tell you all the time. The most appalling thing to me is is don't act like I don't know what's going on. I mean, it, it, it just rubs me the wrong way when you try to act like, like I'm supposed to not know what's really going on. But if anybody can look at a video like that and in their heads not reach the conclusion that that's dead wrong, they really need to look in the mirror. They really need to look in the mirror. And for anybody to look at a video like that and have other people standing around in uniforms who are supposed to help everyone not do anything and think that that's okay you might really want to look in the mirror see i i get you know i'm over this whole thing where i hear people say that i'm not racist you got to be anti-racist see that's two different things see we can play this game all day but this has been 400 years and counting like it's mind-boggling to me that i'm never going to get to be able to really sleep in peace because I have two African-American sons and an African-American daughter, but definitely my African-American sons. So every day when I talk to them, and I usually try to, you know, talk to them every day if I can, I tell them I love them all the time throughout the conversations. But if you talk to my boys, they will tell you that the last words that come out of daddy's mouth before he hangs up the telephone is, what's the one job you have today? They will say, get home safe, daddy. Now, I should not be having that conversation in 2020. See, that's the same conversation my dad had to have with me and the same one that his dad had to have with him and so on and so on. So when people talk to me about progress, I think not. I think not. Because we're still sitting here holding these same conversations. And there's a lot of people that want to be comfortable. Well, those days are over. This revolution's real. It's on. People are going to have to, they're going to have to put up a shut up now. 
You're going to have to decide what America you want to live in. You're going to have to decide what, what really is your character. So I want to go back to Operation Love Letter for a minute. And we talk about with Operation Love Letter and the intent and the, and the, the truth behind that is you can't give what you don't have. So um, George Floyd laying on the ground. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Those are the words that are coming out of his mouth. Mm -hmm. He can't give what he doesn't have. So what he had to offer the world is gone. And here we are, and I don't need to get too metaphorical here, but what I'm saying is we're going through coronavirus and people are wearing masks and we're worried about the air quality and we're social distancing Mm -hmm. and we're putting up signs that say distance makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we've got to learn to love ourselves and love each other beyond what anybody else says. We got to learn to breathe in. We got to learn to continue to do everything we can to just turn that positive right around. To absolutely take whatever negative energy is in this earth and turn that into positive energy. Well, because love is the only thing that can do that. See, and when you don't have compassion and empathy, there's a problem. When you can hear someone saying, I can't breathe, but then know that you have the ability to allow them to breathe again and you choose not to do it, where's your compassion? Where's your empathy? Where, where, where's your sense of character? Where's your moral compass? See, I can, this list can go on and on and on, and I can speak to this because I'm a person of color. I live it every day. Again, what America America is going to have to decide is what America doesn't want to be. That's just a fact. So you've said to me, uh, so I'm uh, what you would refer to as a as a lighter skinned man, right? That's so, right. so, um, but my heritage is Jewish, exactly, right? So I've been able to what you would say pass. Okay, I've been able to pass. So. Mm-hmm. You don't know when I come in, you don't know where I'm coming from, okay? I look at you, we pretty much have the same eyes. Like, mm-hmm. we both have those dark eyes. Mm-hmm. But the rest of us, I can kind of hide, right? I can get by, okay? But when you, you said this the other day, when the color of your skin is your greatest weapon, that's a problem. It's a problem. That's when a real your, problem. But it's your greatest threat? But, I mean, that, that's a problem. But your greatest threat. Yeah. Thank you. Break that down. Break that down. Because that that's so, a big idea, right, Coach? So, so, so think about this moment. But it's moment. so basic, and it's so true that I, yeah. I want to sit here for a minute and just you know, break I, that down. I go back to a moment that you and I had early on in our relationship. You know, it's probably when we first met. We, we probably really connected for a couple months. And the movie Black Klansman came out. Oh, yeah. And you and I went to that movie and we actually took a picture in front of it, you know, and, and, you know, I'm like, I got my Jewish brother with me. Right. And there's a part in the movie when Ron Stallworth turns to him and say, quit acting like you don't have skin in the game. And you and I talk about that moment every single time because you do have the ability to walk into rooms. They don't know who you are. I can't do that. No matter how intelligent I am, 
no matter what I bring to the party. Hey, the first thing you see is this six foot, 210 pound brother come in and I'm a big boy. And in the past, what I've heard is, man, you walk in the room like you own it. Like you, I mean, but I do, <laughs> I do own it. That's right. Why is that a problem? Right. It, why, why does one person's light shining bright affect, d- does it hurt anybody else's light? As you say. But see, what I recognize is the problem is that the threat that I really serve is I'm just dark, man. I'm just dark. But the psychology in my head goes, I don't understand it. You go to the beach, everybody trying to get brown. I, I, I mean, there's so many things that go to my head going, dude, we're missing this. We're, mu- we're missing the human element. Well, I, I've never understood the terminology that somebody is a man or woman of color. I don't Can get you it. explain that to me? Look, man, I, I, I don't get it. At the end of the day, I, I'm like, I'm just a man. Is that, is that an attempt to make somebody feel less than? What else can it be? What else can it be? I know who I am. I'm a man. I'm a father. I'm an uncle. I mean, the pigmentation of, of, of my body has nothing to do with my ability to be a man. We're just missing simple, basic humanity 101. So I, I think of uh, James Baldwin, and, and he talked about when words are used to define someone else, you're really defining yourself. When, when you throw a slur at somebody, mm-hmm. all you're doing is throwing that at yourself, yeah. Yeah. right? So when you say, what am I? I'm a man. I'm a father, right? Those things, I think it's okay for us to give ourselves permission to be those things and quit trying to be something else. Quit trying to let somebody else define who we are, right? So I think of the college kids, a lot of the college and high school students that you Mm -hmm. work for, they represent a school. Mm -hmm. They represent a team. That school or team, there may be things. I look at Penn State. I've got family members who went to Penn State and they love the school. And then you got Joe Pa and all that thing, you know, did, did any of those family members of mine deny their school and all of a sudden pretend like they're not associated mm-hmm. with it? No, they mm-hmm. owned it. Mm-hmm. They owned it. They took responsibility and they said, you know what? We're just going to redefine it. We're just going to change the picture in people's minds. We're going to move forward. We're going we're gonna to represent what we want to represent in the earth. See, but you just said something that was key. Your family decided to own it. See, that's what character is. Character is about owning it. You have to own the situation. Do you really want to make the situation better? You either do or you don't. But if you're not willing to own it, there will never be any momentum to move forward. There will not be any progress if you don't own it. This isn't hard. This does not have to be hard. Simple humanity says we should all be here to serve one another. To bring out the best in each other. That's, that's simple humanity 101. There's nothing more frustrating to talk about. I mean, good Lord, if we really had as many Christians as we say we have, I, I don't see the problem. I think we, we'd, we'd have been long past this. Ownership. So what I'm saying is, we got to stop talking 
and using words that we're not willing to back up with our actions. Ownership. Okay, we, we want to act like we're the biggest, baddest, the best, but do we really want to own it? Do we want to take responsibility for it? And last time I checked, we're all on the same planet. We all got to figure out how to keep this thing moving, right? We all have to figure out how to continue to create what we want. The, uh, the SpaceX launch was supposed to be yesterday, but, right. but the, the, weather. the weather pushed mm -hmm. it, right? Yeah. Um, there's an interview with one of the astronauts, and, and they talk about, um, you know, what it, not one of the astronauts that's going with SpaceX, but another astronaut that's been in space and talk about. If, if everybody had a chance to see the world, from space, mm -hmm. things would be so much different. <laughs> things would be so much different. Because, look, when you're up in space, you don't see borders. No. You don't see the lines. You don't no. see the manufactured ways that no. we've been divided as a mm. people. Yeah. By people in power, that, that by the oppressor, by people who have said, no, 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 this is as far as you will go and no further. Got to go back to love, man. I'm just telling you. We're going to have to go back to love. People are going to have to learn to love themselves so they don't lose their voice. What you're witnessing now is frustrations of people who are not being heard. You love yourself, you always have a voice. You won't have to worry about not being heard. Your actions will speak for themselves. That's where we are with the Omen Gunner experience. That's where we are with the story of. So the, the, uh, the dictionary <laughs> defines character as mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. And, uh, and I think your definition is, is so much more practical, right? Like this is who I say I am and this is who I am. Hey, you want to say I'm a man of character or not? a man or woman of character or not, what did I do? What did I say? Bottom line. Let's keep it that simple. Another definition of character, okay? We're movie guys. A person in a novel, play, or movie, okay? So I think, I think what I see is, you know, you have a lot of characters. Oh, yeah. Without a lot of character. Exactly. And I'm not just saying that to be cute. I, I think what you identify in in the difference between 40 50 400 years ago is that we're not just talking about things maybe seeming to get worse the reality is we're just seeing it exactly are being it's being filmed who they are well it's that's what i'm filmed, saying right it's being filmed. Then, there's cameras everywhere. you can get a camera on just about anything right now you know two months ago we talked about this virus and i'm saying what an opportunity that we have it forces the whole world to stop right but in stopping, now you expose things. Now you see some things that you've been walking by that you can no longer walk by because they've been exposed. That's where we are. I mean, it's not like racism is some, some new thing. It's just being filmed now. It's just, it's just that we're, we're exposing it. it. Exposure is such a cool word, too, because in the film world, exposure is a good thing, right? You mm -hmm. want to expose the darkness to bring out the light, to, to see things for what they really are. And so 
what I hear you saying, which, which I know you, you're talking about having these difficult conversations with your, with your, your sons and grandsons and da- granddaughters, daughters, you have those conversations, which if I'm being honest with myself and if every parent is being honest with themselves should be having the same exact conversations mm-hmm. if they care about their, their children, if they mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. and value and see themselves right. and understand that. But if we're going to look at where we are as a, as a, as a human being, as a, as a human race, we have to be willing to say, okay, I want to have that exposed. I want to be, ex- I want to be as real today in front of the world as I am at home by myself and be willing to accept that. Isn't that the only way the world becomes better? If you're not willing to be exposed for the things that you cannot do well, that the things that are opportunity for improvement for you, and then you have those hard conversations and you do those things necessary to be able to conquer that fear or to grow in that direction, doesn't the world win? See, I think that's a great thing. I think that being exposed is a great thing because there has to be some resolve. You can't just expose something but now do nothing about it. As my papa used to say, look, everybody knows the problem. What I'm looking for are solutions. So now it's time for solutions. We, we, are, we already know the deal. We know what's up, and we've known what's up for a very long time. We need solutions. And that starts with every individual on this planet. You yeah. are the solution. What are you in control of? Me. My attitude, my behavior, my effort. I'm in control of it every single day of my life. Can No one is responsible for it but me. No one can take it. It's mine. I get to decide what those things are going to be. And based on the choices and my decisions of that day regarding those three things, it will determine whether I grow, stand still, or move backwards. Yeah, but coach, I'm tired. Yeah, but coach, they called a foul on me. Yeah, but coach, I was running, I was training. I mean, we we have a, a young lady that's a, a cyclist that was a super freak of the week. She rides her bike down the bike lane. I can't even imagine what kind of faith she operates with, knowing how people drive, looking at their phones at mm-hmm. any moment, swerve, mm-hmm. boom, mm-hmm. she's out. Yeah, but. Well, I'm going to put it to you this way. There are seven days in the week and some day isn't one of them. So we can yell but all we want to. At the end of the day, no matter how bad it is, it ain't that bad and someone always has it worse. That's why I'm always thankful for my problems. See, we can come up with an excuse for everything. We can yell but till the cows come home. But the problems still remain. At some point, you have to do That's how progress is made. At some point, someone decides and they do. We talked about this podcast for a very long time. And then at some point, what did we do? We we, we just went for it. 89 figured it out. 
It was trial by error, fire. But we did. That's how you get progress. I'm 43 years old, and I see a lot of people in my age range who are still unable to cope with the reality that they have to be who they are, who they say they are. They they have to, behind the camera, in front of the camera, behind the scenes, behind closed doors, in reality, I have in my notes from you, act as if the whole world were watching. But it sounds to me like what you're saying is just do. You got to do. Listen, you can be you a lot better than you can be anyone else. And I'll tell you a miserable life. A miserable life is suspended, not knowing your purpose, not living up to what you were put on this earth to do because you are too afraid to just do, to be you, to be the best version of you. That's what you want the world to fall in love with. Is the real version of you because you can live that every day. See, what we see all too many times is the world falls in love with a character. And the moment they find out that that character doesn't possess the character they thought it did, now all hell breaks loose. Just be who you are, man. Coach, every week we honor a student-athlete. 89 came up with this segment. It's called the Super Freak of the Week. And I don't know who you have in store this week, but I know you put a heck of a lot of thought into it. (laughs) (laughs) Who's our Super Freak of the Week, Coach? You know, it's so funny because every week when I try to come up with a Super Freak of the Week, I try to do it in conjunction with the words that that we use. But also, um, for me, it's all about timing. And I think that there are certain super freaks that you that when you when you name them, the timing has to be right. So I've kind of went back. I've assessed where we are, what we're doing, what we're trying to create at Astoria, what we're trying to create at uh, the Army Gunner Experience. And I said, you know what? Now the time is right. Because, see, this super freak, we threw some adversity. We gave some curveballs. I just wanted to see what the attitude was going to be. I was going to see... How you step up? What happens? Super Freak of the Week this week, 89. 89. 89. Dallas Smith. See, because, you know, again, it's all about, it's, I'm telling you, I'm crazy like a fox. See, sometimes I think you have to put people in these, these positions, right? So I want to see how you play. You know, we just talked about character, and we just talked about acting as if the whole world was watching you. We just talked about what do you do when, when things don't go your way? What do you do when you perceive that mm, maybe I've been slighted, right? Well, real characters say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep doing what I say I'm doing. Dallas has done that repeatedly, dude. Everything we've done on this show, all the social media that you see, hey, you know very low input for me because I don't know. That's not what I do. But he's taking it upon himself. He figures it out. The shirt designs, he figures it out. The stuff he does with the story, like he's growing. But he also is a leader. You know, he's giving back. You know, we give him a lot of crap because he's young. 
but the kid's working. See, to me, it's all about timing. Now, I know, man, he's been a super freak a long time ago. I could get, but you know what? Well, I, I, he can, ain't quite I, ready. I can tell our listeners he's acting like he didn't even get it because he already kind of, like, let's be honest. Exactly. Like, like he he, he's just like, I know. I know. And, and, and that's the beauty of it. The beauty of it is, I knew he knew. The beauty of it is, I knew, I, I don't ever have to name him Super Freak of the Week. He knows. He knows what he does. He knows what his attitude, behavior, and effort is every week. See, but that's the very definition of character. That's where we're trying to get people to. You know, as my mother would say, act like you've been there before. You know what I mean? So when good things come your way like that, you got to act like, well, okay, this is what I do. Well, that's what 89 does. I just feel like Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the run-in for years. <laughs> I had to wrestle a bear, and I finally got it. Well, he's bear 89. I mean, you know, he he, he made it happen. But but in all seriousness, though, um, you know, we're grateful for all the stuff you do, and we get it, and we're always watching. You know Coach always watching. Um, but just keep doing what you're doing. You, you just got to keep grinding, man. Keep doing. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. They happen. Just grow from them. That's all. That's all super freaks do, man. Well, and and from a, the standpoint of facing adversity, taking things head on and, and growing as a result of it, um, and staying focused, executing over and over again, grinding it out, continuing to, to chew coal, that's that's eighty nine. That's it. That's 89. yeah. yeah. But let me ask you this, 89. Um, do you feel that adversity has helped you to grow? What are what are some of the things that you see that you've encountered since being around Coach, being around me, being around Astorio, being uh, kind of in this next phase of your life? I mean, adversity helps everybody grow, right? So, I mean, I'm like everybody else. Just have to face it. Can't run away from it. Uh, being with you two, well, this, first of all, podcast – probably my biggest adversity um no but gotta take this off wow it's a hard question actually i think the hardest thing is the new content from my standpoint is just continuously creating the new stuff and then getting it out to the people and people actually seeing it but i think what he was saying is just to fail fast if you fail you fail move on it's life and how do you feel like you've been prepared for this moment in your life? I mean, my parents. It's probably the biggest answer. And having two older brothers. <laughs> and playing sports growing up. That's another big, you know, strike out nine times out of ten, but tenth time you might get walked. <laughs> that that sounds like bedrock foundation. It sounds like investment. It sounds like... You know, that's the key. We're, we're building on a strong foundation with, with 89, and I know that that's true for uh, the revolutionaries, for the super freaks, for uh, our listeners, for the student athletes, uh, and really uh, everyone we come across is, is building on, the, on that foundation and knowing and recognizing that there is a foundation, being willing no to doubt. see the value in other human beings. No doubt. And know that it's there. Yeah, yeah. You know, as I told you, I feel like we have this incredible window uh, over the next few months to where we can really build a foundation down to the bedrock. I really do. I feel like we, we are well on our way. 
and uh, and it's exciting. It's exciting. So get the information for yourself. Um, get the results you want. Ultimately, um, recognize that that there's a difference between doing what's right and doing a good thing. It's either right or wrong. So don't use good as an excuse. Right. Um, follow up. Continue to get that information for yourself, and recognize that um, that you represent uh, your team, you represent your family, you represent yourself, and continue to reflect on that. And then love yourself. Continue to invest in yourself, and ultimately recognize that you got to have character, and character comes from doing what you say you're going to do. You're the brand. Coach, what's the uh, challenge of the week? Hey, our challenge is, is a very simple challenge this week. You know, I need you to really look in the mirror and decide. Make a decision. You know, if someone had to stand up and say something about you, what would it be? If they had to talk about who you are as a person, your character, what, what would they say? You know, and it's not just your closest friends. It's just the people that you, you come into contact with, you know, here and there. What would they say about you? about your attitude, your behavior, who you are as a person, how you treat people that can't, you know, help you. That's what we got to do. We got to start asking those simple questions, you know. When, when, when people interact with me, how do they feel? What, when they walk away, what do they feel? We're here to serve. We got to do what we say we're going to do, man. And if we're going to change what we see and if we don't like what we see, then it's up to us. It's up to us as an individual to do our part. I've heard it said that your attitude determines your altitude. All day. And and you've mentioned attitude a lot and, and controlling your attitude. And, and, and you even said a great attitude is 95% of achieving your goals. Why is attitude so directly connected to your character? Because you're going to have adversity. And you're only going to overcome it by your attitude, how you look at it, how you walk into it. If you walk into it negatively, it's probably not going to end well for you. Your attitude is all about how your character starts to develop and grow and build to the bedrock. When you look at people that you would say, man, that's an impeccable character. Think about their attitude. Just, just think about their attitude. Guarantee you're going to come up. Always have a positive attitude. Always has a great outlook on life. Always willing to see the glass half full. That's how you build strong character. Always? Always, man. Every day means every day. Every day is game day. <laughs>